you're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast. This Prime Culture is for the dreamers, the schemers, and the believers. We're here to introduce a whole new generation to the abundant life. We're here for the prime of our lives. What's up, Felipe? Finally, you come to the podcast, bro. It Thank only you. took you 51 episodes. Thank you for the invite, everybody. It only took 51, bro. I'm so sorry. You're so cool. It makes me nervous to talk to Cruz in front of a camera, but I we're going to get through it today. Oh, my gosh. And I'm excited <laughs> about what we talk about today. So this is episode three of season seven, bro. This is season seven. And if I'm not mistaken, this is episode 51 of the podcast. We've done it for a long time. We've been doing it. We've been making room since 2019. You know, actually, I've been I've been a part of one. We talked about worship we, a we long, did talk about long worship. time ago. Yeah, we recorded it in the conference room. Yeah. I wonder what episode that is. It was awesome, though. Do you actually keep track of every episode that we have? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, this is 457. One million percent. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's an honor to be a part of episode what? 51. 51. Yeah. Let's go. Season seven. Let's talk. Oh, I love it, man. Hey, yo, for real though, uh, to all the prime people. Hey, Pastor Mark hasn't been on in a long time either. We need to we need to capture that sample. Prime people, or is it my people? Prime people. My right? people, prime people. Yeah, PM's a legend, man. Um, but hey, thanks for rocking with the podcast. Glad you're here, whether you're on YouTube, on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. It took me two seasons to get that right, bro. Yep. I was calling it iTunes. Go get go get go the podcast on, on iTunes. iTunes. And it was like, whatever, whatever, whatever. It was called. Apple Music. Wow. We got we got the sound effects. Listen, Andrew Fung is leveling up our game, bro. Yes. Mama, we made it. I'm low-key embarrassed. Mama, we made it. Hey, Andrew, they didn't think we could do, but you know who thought we could do it? God did. God did. <laughs> God did. Yo, for real though. Thanks for rocking with us, man. Um, anyway, so this season we we started off by making the decision that we're just going to lean into our culture values, yeah. right? We've got core values of of the church. Um, and something that I, I I make it a point to say this all the time, dude. That like, um, prime culture doesn't have its own vision. Right, we are the young adult expression and the young adult culture of abundant church. Right, so our vision is the vision of the church. Right, we teach people how to enjoy the abundant life that Jesus came to give them, but we do have a mission. Right, right. And so young, our young adults um, at Prime Culture. Just so you know, our mission is this: Prime Culture exists to teach you how to build the abundant life that Jesus came for you to live. And so, um, <clears throat> in that, this year we, me, Andrew, Diana, Felipe, the team, we we got around a table and we just started praying and thinking about um, really being intentional and very specific with our values, our values, the direction we want to grow, the building blocks right. of how we grow, not just how we grow a movement, which, Hey, real quick, um, big flex alert. Um, we just had culture night on February 10th. It was super dope. Worship was, was bananas. Um, and the big flex is that Jesus was in the room. Yeah. I love that. I love, it was our I love highest that. attendance. And it was our highest attendance yeah. for a culture night that wasn't like a special event. Yeah. Right. So we've had like elevation worship with us and big flex. Um, and uh, 
you know, like we've had, we've had some friends come and preach and stuff. And so those nights are kind of extraordinary nights, but, uh, we were our, it was our biggest attendance. With just our, first our home the year. crew. Just yeah. the, bro, no home, the, no team. Like the home team. Like the home team, man. And so anyway, so it's been a big deal for us that we don't just build, um, attendance, but that we build life, yeah. right? That we build, um, I think the, the, the way I, I, I see it, bro, is, um, when I close my eyes, the young adults that I see, mm. right, are young adults that live and have a framework of these values somewhere in their life, right? So the first one that uh, Diane and I did was uh, living a life that's firmly planted, right? Yeah. We want people who are firmly planted, man. Like, bro, I hate flakes. Like when people don't show up for lunch, yeah. when they say they're going uh, to. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I actually I, just got stood up today. I know. That's why I brought yeah. it up. Oh, okay. You're... It still it still stings right now, bro. It's too fresh. It's, it's too, too fresh. fresh. Yeah, which is crazy to me, right? It's like, do you know who Felipe is? Like, stop, stop. <laughs> but you know, that took me a long time to learn to like be a man of my word, sheesh, and like do what I say I was gonna do. So I understand, you know. But anyway, yeah, I sound well, all mad. I'm not mad. I'm just congested. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, you know, we 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 want. You guys, we want you guys to celebrate that in your life, man. You're firmly planted. You're consistent. All that, go listen to the episode. And then episode two was uh, living a life of integrity, right? That's a big deal, man. Like, I was just talking with a young adult today <clears throat> about business opportunities mm. that are built. Like, he's in, he's in a situation right now with a business opportunity that is built on, like, day one is built on dishonesty. Right. And so he has the opportunity. He said, man, like, how do I'm not sure how I should feel. And I said, bro, you need to protect your name and you, you need to protect who you are and Integrity. your heart. Don't do it. Integrity over income, man. 100%. You know, put that on your shirt. <laughs> yep. Dreamers and schemers. Um, anyway, today I'm really excited, man, because we're talking about something that is super important not just a prime culture, super important to our church, super important yeah. for you. I mean, you're a man of God for sure. You're a pastor. You're, you're someone who follows Jesus very sincerely, man, you know? Um, <clears throat> and it's important to me, right? It's the authority of the word of God, right? Yeah. Now that's, I know that sounds like so like sounds, profound, so deep. Oh my and, gosh, this is, is this theology class? Are we going to seminar? I hope we talk about <laughs> theology a little bit. Oh bro, like, like I Cruz think- Cruz and I go on like these rabbit holes. Oh my gosh, dude. Yes. And it's my favorite to talk about the Bible with you. Yeah. Uh, bro, it's my favorite too. I love you. I love you for saying that. And um, it's for real, my favorite. Um, but we really want to talk about that. Here's, here's, I think like, I'll just kick us off and let's see where, where the Lord takes us, right? Where the, where the conversation takes us. But I think that there's a lot of things that are, a lot of things, a lot of voices, a lot of influences that are trying to pass themselves off as authorities, mm. right? So to me, it's like, what does that mean? What does the authority mean, right? And so <clears throat> more than just like, oh, this is the ruler, or like this is the rules, this is um, the boss or whatever. Like, can we start here, Felipe? Um, tell me what you think about this. One of, one of the synonyms or one of the references we make to the, 66, book of the 66 books of the Bible, right? We call it the canon of scripture, mm. right? And so the canon... I'm like, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but I like the word canon because the word canon in its origin literally means the rod of measure, right? This is how I measure. This is how we measure. This is how we measure truth. And so in the, in the Judeo-Christian point of view, well, actually the Christian point of view, we use the 66 books of the Bible as our rule 
of measure. This is how we measure yeah. truth. This is how we measure community. This is how we measure worship. This is how we measure service. This is how right. we measure generosity and on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is if we're not careful, we'll have a bunch of different metric systems, mm -hmm. right? Um, and they don't always translate to the truth that God wants us to live and all of that. And so like, I think to me, when I, when I think about the authority of the word of God, before we get all theological, I think to me, it's like, man, like this is the measure we've used to build our lives. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like if we're not care like, again, I, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the kind of guy that like, so let's just use building a house, right? Like, and so you and I, we're both Mexican, right? And we've been around Mexican dads. Well, I've been around a Mexican dad. Oh my life. Okay. <laughs> my whole life. I am now a Mexican dad, right? Like, so are you. Um, but I've been around Mexican dads and Mexican uncles that when they build something, they do something, they go like this. Like, yeah, and what yeah, I'm doing, like, if yeah, you're yeah. on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing, right? But like, it's like, you're kind of like, I, one eye closed, your, your thumb is out and you're like, okay, look straight. Mm -hmm. Looks good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we're not careful, man, like we build our life like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, to me, you know what, now that we're talking about this, you're talking about how we measure everything. Um, for me, like, I, I remember I took the word of God seriously, like reading the word of God. Um, seriously, when I was like 20, 20 ish, I had just gotten married um, and I was working at church and I was like, I need to get my life together, you know? And one of the things that really transformed the way that I saw the scripture is um, who, I guess, what was the intent of the writer for me? Sure. So I used to see the Bible. I don't know about you, but 100%. I used to see the Bible as like this self-help book. Right, 100%. And it was like, well, I, what do you use a self-help book? Yeah. Well, you only use a self-help book when you need help. Right. And then when you're good, you, you leave it alone. And to me, I love that you're using that word, that how we measure things because it's applicable in every area of life. And I think maybe there's anybody listening to us today that says like, I really only go to the word of God when for such and such instance, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's multi-purpose. It's both an history book. It's both like actively through the Holy Spirit. He's speaking. That's the word of God as well. And it's written yeah. and there's history there, but there's also insight. There's practicality in Wisdom. it. And there's prophetic, mm. like it's talking about the future. It's like this incredible, like Narnia closet <laughs> that you open and you're like, and to me, you know, I want to ask you this question. What do you think is the biggest tension with young adults when it comes to the word of God? Like, I was just thinking about that today. Yeah. Like, there's a big, in my opinion, there's like a big gap. So like you have people who, like, for example, somebody like the big C, right? And he's like, the word of God changed my life. You need to read the word of God, right? And we all know that we do, right? And then you have the other person on the other side of the spectrum who's like, reads the word of God, maybe like a verse a day and then they feel guilty because they're not reading more or whatever. <laughs> or they, they start a Devo, but then they kind of like fall off and they yeah, yeah. kind of, but they know because somebody else, someone in the future, someone who's living in the future is telling them, you should read the word of God. What do you think is the biggest like tension there? Uh, to me, there's a gigantic gap that I feel like we should talk about. Yeah. Uh, okay. And say like, what is, what is that? And why does that happen? How do you get over that big, huge hump of saying, I'm gonna take this seriously or like- Yeah, no, I think, I think, dude, that's a, that's a really good question. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't think there's just one. I okay. think there's several. And the ones that just come to my head are, I'll just start off. Number one, ignorance, mm. okay? Um, we just don't know better. We don't, we don't understand it. 
right? <clears throat> and we haven't given ourselves the opportunity or we haven't celebrated discipline enough in our lives to really embrace a system of discipline. Mm. And it's not, for a lot of us, it's not our fault, right? We didn't, we don't, for a lot of us in this generation, we didn't grow up around a lot of discipline, right? And so we, we grew up in, in families or in homes where we just kind of lived as it went, right? We didn't think, we weren't made for many of us, we weren't taught to think generationally. We weren't taught to think legacy. We weren't taught to think inheritance, right? And so when you approach, when you approach the scripture, you have to approach it not as just this is a rule book for life. You have to approach it from the perspective of this, this, this written document has been around for 32, yeah, yeah. 3,500 years. And men and women have for millennia given their lives, sacrificed their lives, bled and died, right? To protect it, to live it out, to walk it out. And if, and if, if we don't see it through the lenses of legacy, we can't value it, right? Um, like that's, that's part of having noble blood, right? Like I remember this story that I heard recently, a couple, it was last year sometime, um, but I'll just give you the summary of it, that there was, um, there was a, a time where there was a revolt in France. I don't remember, the, I don't remember the, the, the time frame, but it was like medieval France. And there was an upheaval and the, the serf class, the, like the peasant class over, overran the, um, overran the nobility mm. in, in certain provinces. And they were killing all the noble, all the noble families. <clears throat> and in, in one instance, they killed a whole family, but like a four-year-old little boy survived. So they took the four-year-old little boy and they gave him to this just this old woman who was part of that rebellion um, for her to take him. And then um, story goes that she brings him back a year or two later to the leaders of, of that rebellion and said, you have to, you take him back. I can't do anything with him. Wow. And, and she said, why? She said, well, I can't, I can't make him the way I want to make him. And so the they asked the little boy, why won't you just do what she's asking you to do? And the response of the little boy was, because every day my father would tell me I'm a royal. I'm noble. I carry something different. Do you understand? And so yeah, even, yeah. Even, even at a young age, he was conditioned to know that he was different. And if we don't have, we don't, if, we don't, if we don't renew our mind to think, man, I'm different, then this is just a piece of literature. This is no different than Shakespeare. Right. It's just an old classic. It's not, it, it, it's not a way of living for the nobility of heaven. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I think Jesus said it this way, my people die for lack of knowledge. And when he says my people, he's saying the people I've called to myself, yeah, the yeah, people yeah. I've called to give my image to, the people I've called to give my character to, my authority, my dominion to. But I just want to park there real quick what sure. you just said. Because you just talk, you're talking about inheritance, you're talking about legacy, you're talking about multi-generational um, like I want to, I, I guess power would be it. Like this thing is, is been alive for a long, long time. The Bible has been the book that is most accurate over the time that's been existed. Right. Absolutely. So uh, to me, the most practical way I could say it is like the, the Bible is as real as if I were to write down right here, like you had Chipotle for lunch, like Cruz had Chipotle for lunch today on this date. That's how real it is. Those are actual events that took place. Right. When somebody died, a king died in the in, in the book of Kings or something happened, Exodus, Genesis, all of those things, that's not just like a piece of literature that's going to tell you a beautiful story. It's like there are events that right. shape the world and shape the story of Jesus right. into what it is now. And 
And if you have, and I want to talk about this. Uh, what do you think? Well, that make, brings me to the world, biblical worldview. 100%. And, and I remember the first time I, I used that word and when I heard it the first time is, um, it was kind of like, it's, it's a big word. Like you must have a biblical worldview. What does that mean, right? So basically seeing through the lens of the Bible. Like if the Bible were real to, to all of us, then through that lens, you see like the world today, you know, et cetera. So what do you think, I, I guess maybe you can try to define biblical worldview the better the best way that you, better than I can. No, I think that was I think that was a good that was a good description. Don't lose your don't lose yeah. the question you're going to ask. Um, a biblical worldview literally means I filter my opinions, yeah, yeah, my understanding, my convictions, and my commitments through the tenet of Scripture. Yeah, it's not a suggestion for me; it's commandment mm-hmm. for me. And we'll talk about that. Later. That's called having an authoritative or absolute, well, authoritative biblical worldview. Because some people have worldviews where the Bible is suggested Mm -hmm. um, and that just makes it mythology, Mm -hmm. right? It makes it the same as like Aesop's fables or Dr. Seuss. It's a good moral story. But it didn't really happen. Jesus wasn't really real. But uh, like for real, that's how I feel like maybe our generation looks at the book sometimes. Like why is it that maybe we are very okay with looking at like, the Beatitudes, and we look at uh, like Book of Matthew, we look at the Psalms, we look at Proverbs, and we're like, that's real. But then we look at maybe a book like Lamentations, and it feels like fiction. Yeah. You know, like we yeah. treat it like fiction. Yeah. But the whole the whole Bible in itself is it's it's both real New and Old Testament. And the reason why why I bring that up about biblical worldview is if there's anybody listening who's like, yo, I know that I need the word of God in my life. And I know that I need to be reading it, but I don't find the value because that's really what it is, is you don't find the value in reading it in terms of like, how do I get myself to want? Mm. There's a difference between like, have you ever been with your wife? It's like, I want you to want to (laughs) come to the store with me. Does that make sense? Versus I have to. Don't just do it. And I think in our relationship with Jesus, we should all strive to develop a want. But in the beginning, it won't feel like that. But we're not talking about that right now. So what what I'm going back to the value. So, the reason I developed a value for the word of God is when I understood the full picture. Right. And what that means is like the word of God basically from beginning to end can be like a map and, and it could, there could be clouds all over it. And sometimes when we go and we pick up Psalms and we try to get something and somehow understand exactly where it's at and we don't have a, a, a full view of everything, that doesn't feel very valuable or sometimes you don't know how to apply. You don't have the context which is another, it's another thing that we could talk about. But my question was with biblical worldview, what do you think is the most, why, how can you develop a biblical worldview as a young adult who just started reading their Bible? And is like, where do I start? Where, how do, how do I get there? How do I get to a person that, like, have you ever met any, like any of those people that say, I just love the word of God. I love it. And I believe it because I love the word of God. You I, know, I love the word of God. Yeah. I know you love the word of God. Like you can read that thing and you and I go back and send multiple texts. How do you, how did you get to that place? Um, that's a great question, man. Um, Cause it wasn't feelings in the beginning. Oh no, not at all. It was, it was boring at the beginning and it, it felt irrelevant at the beginning. Um, but I think that something that a, a young generation or an emerging generation always struggles with. Okay. Is, 
the need for instant gratification, mm. right? And so this thing, this, this thing isn't about instant gratification. It's about lifelong development, right? It's lifelong relationship. So the word of God isn't, isn't, um, isn't an Uber driver, right? It's not a delivery system, right? Although it will deliver you. I'll leave it alone. Sorry. Right. But it's not a delivery system. What it is, it's because it's an, like an Uber driver is like, okay, I want to get from point A to point B. Take me there. Yeah. It's not an Uber driver. What it is, is, is the tour guide. Yeah. It's a Sherpa that, you know, like mm -hmm. that's a word you don't hear all the time. Right. So here's where, 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 what I understand the word Sherpa to be. Okay. Um, the highest peak in the world is Mount Everest mm. in the Himalayas. Yeah. Right. And when people who are not indigenous to that area discovered it, they said, man, we got we to gotta climb it. We got to conquer it. And um, as they tried to conquer it, they were dying <laughs> because they didn't know the terrain, right? Yeah. It was treacherous. But then they discovered that there were people who were native to that. Mm -hmm. And they weren't just telling them how to go, right? Um, these people that are called Sherpas, didn't say, oh, well, you just have to go this way. What they decided to do was, no, we're going to go with you and we're going to teach you along the way, mm -hmm. right? And so we, as a young adult, we cannot view the word of God, the Bible, Bible study, appreciating it as an Uber it, or, or even as a travel agent. Oh, yo, you just go from here to there. Okay, bye, God bless. What it is, is it's a travel companion, mm -hmm. right? The word walks with you. The word lives in you. The word says, hey, will literally tell you, hey, stop, appreciate where you are today. Hey, look up, mm -hmm. raise your eyes ab above the hills. Your help comes from the Lord. That's mm -hmm. one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 121, mm -hmm. right? Um, this morning I was with our, inter our leadership interns and I shared uh, Psalm, uh, on Psalm 103 out of how to do your soaps which maybe we'll get there today or not. I don't know. Um, which is just a very simple way to study your Bible. So the SOAP method, S-O-A-P. Um, and we just talked out of Psalm 103, but Psalm 103, again, is a travel companion. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless mm -hmm. the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. That's verse one and two. And literally all he is, is a, all the word. And the reason I say he, I've, I've, like, I've taught myself this, or I've been conditioned this way, that from a theological and doctrinal standpoint, Jesus is the word. Right, John one. The beginning was the word. The word mm -hmm. was with God. The word was with God. And you can even talk about that. The ultimate purpose of the word is to reveal Jesus, the character of Jesus. What? Well, look. You think about it. What's the point of a word? Communicate something. To communicate an understanding. Mm -hmm. To communicate an intention. To yeah. communicate a feeling. To communicate. To provide understanding. Yeah. So God gives His word not to be a tyrant. Yeah. God gives His word to best communicate with His creation. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so the word in Psalm 103 literally is almost like a therapist. Hey, talk to your soul. Talk, you, you have emotions. You have, here's what a soul is. You're, how you feel, what you think because of what you're feeling, and what you choose to do because of what you're thinking yeah. and feeling, right? And so Psalm 103 literally, as you read it, is a travel companion to say, hey, if your soul is feeling some sort of way, talk to your soul. Mm -hmm. Slow it down. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Anyway, so my whole point is this. Um, it took me years to appreciate it, right? This is why it's called discipline, Yeah. right? Like, like, like you don't get disciplined overnight. <laughs> you get sore, yeah. but you don't get jacked on the first weekend at the gym. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you no, get, you, you get, you get sore. You, you get sore. And that's what happens sometimes, right? Like that's what happens sometimes. The Bible makes us sore. And I'll come back to your first question. Why do, why, why is there a tension in a gap for young adults? Some of us don't like to be corrected. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't like the word. But some of us don't like conviction. Or some of us have no interest in, I mean, multiple people have said this, that the Bible is like the, the Lord giving you a, uh, an in into his character and getting to know him. And I think you will, like, do you remember, I don't know if you remember Culture Night, anybody, but Sarah, one of our, no, not Sarah. Uh, yeah, Sarah Valero. Sarah Valero. Yeah, shout uh, out shared, Sarah Valero. Sarah Valero. She shared a thought about somebody, you go into court, um, you don't know, you did something really bad yep. and somebody anonymous comes and pays your fine. And then right before you leave, what kind of person would you be? The one that just leaves or the one that would say, hey, let me get to know this person. Why did you pay my fine? Why did you pay my fine? And why did you think it was I was worthy of it? Or uh, why is there a huge fine to pay, first of all, right? And where did all, that, where, where did all, the, where did all your money come from? <laughs> Talk to me about that. <laughs> so to me, that, bring, that brings a perfect um, perspective on why knowing the word is important or not, not why knowing the word is important. Why would you have an interest of reading the word is the same as finding out who this God is that you have a relationship oh, absolutely. with. And then it's like a, a reciprocation to the Lord coming this way. You, right. you know, we, for, we know how to love because you first loved us, right? So to me, um, one of the ways that I developed, a, started being hungry for, for the word was um, having like a clear picture of what that looked like, like Jesus all of that, and then wanting to know more about it. Another thing that helped me with my biblical worldview was taking off the weight that whenever I read the Bible, I need to have, I get something in return. And what I mean by that is like, sometimes I would have a big pressure or be reading chapter after chapter. And I, I would revelation. And I would be getting nothing, nothing. <laughs> so um, that's kind of like the journey that I went through. And I remember the first time, and maybe Cruz is going to get mad at me for this, maybe, but um, I don't recommend this for everyone. Uh, but I think a big tension for people is like devotionals are a big tension for people. Uh, I, if I'm not a devotional reader, I don't do well de- with devotionals. I get distracted very quickly. And sometimes I feel like it's like the same thing over and over and doesn't feel fresh for me. So one of the things that I did like five, six years ago was I started doing something called a shred Bible in 30 days. And um, what that, what that basically did was took off the weight off my shoulders to read the book and expect to feel like a revelation. And I started reading the book just to know what happened. And then once I knew what happened, I started following the story and like, Oh wait, I still remember the first time that I made the connection between like it's Adam and Eve and then Cain and Abel and then have a son after them. Who's that? Seth. Seth. And then from there you make a connection all the way to Abraham, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember when it made sense, like, Oh my goodness. And all of a sudden you're following the story and you're, you're getting from that story all the way to Jesus and to me, that's like the, the most genuine journey that any young adult, in my opinion, could walk. I mean, I'm not saying read the Bible in 30 days, but what I'm saying is um, take off the weight to be the, I guess, be a spiritual person or anything like that and just read the book because you just want to know. Yep. Um, so I totally skipped your question, but... No, but it's all, it's all good. Like, yeah. like, like, look, I think, I think to just sum up that question, how did I, like, why do I appreciate it today? Because somewhere, somewhere in there, I can't tell you exactly when it happened, okay? But somewhere in there, I discovered the beauty of giving myself the opportunity of t- enough time to see the 
wisdom and the love in the design of God, mm. right? Um, and part of that was appreciating those moments where it's like, man, I just read three chapters and I got nothing. But you know what I got? I got just a just a just another opportunity for a repetition of, dis- of discipline. I celebrated discipline. Yeah. I just, I made time, I made room in my life and I read. Mm-hmm. That was it. I didn't walk away with anything that was mind-blowing, but I read it. And you know? I think something that you can think about when you, you also had communion. That's the, you, oh, you, you made time for you and the Lord. Absolutely. Man. And I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I pray, I ask the Holy Spirit to, to help me see yeah. something. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, to me, anytime that you ask the Holy Spirit for help, he'll, he'll He's meet faithful. you there. He will guide you to truth, you know? Um, Bro, this mic stand is like whack. It keeps falling. Right there. It's a quitter. It's, it's quitting quitter. on me. It's a quitter. <laughs> Um, I, I'm still stuck on the other question. Like why is retention? Right. So like, I think, I think illiteracy is attention. I think, um, not enjoying conviction is attention. I think, um, because it's not popular. Um, and because we live in such a woke generation. Um, well, let's just talk about Like, let's just be blunt about it. I think the reason why there's a big tension is because the Lord is not the Lord. Yeah, and no, there's I, I no don't, in, there's I don't no, disagree. There's no interest in getting to know the Lord because we, 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 we basically put him in a cage and we say, hey, uh, you're my savior, Jesus. You're my provider. You're my, you're Jaira. We love you. But then um, when, I'm, when I'm not in need or when I'm not in anything like that, it's, it, I don't find the value in going after you. No, yeah, I only sure. find value in Absolutely. going after you when Absolutely. I need you. But I think, I think, I think if beyond, beyond just, I, I agree. I agree 1 million percent. Um, but what I want to give what I, what I want to give the culture the the benefit of the doubt in is that I I get there's complexity to it. Mm. Like I get that for some they're in an academic system that doesn't appreciate biblical conviction and biblical standards. I I also appreciate and understand that they live in social circles that don't don't appreciate or or don't don't welcome biblical standards. I also appreciate that that some may even work in professional environments for organizations that have gone woke. I, I was talking with a young adult recently, like two weeks ago, that she, she was telling me, man, I don't know how to feel how I feel because my job is forcing me to put pronouns in my email signature. Wow. That's, you see what I'm saying, right? And I have so, no answer for that. And so, now, and so now it's not even about whether or not you love the Bible. It's about, man, my job literally has a diametric opposition, diametrically opposes the word. And for some, for some of us, it's like, man, I'd rather not know the conviction so I don't feel guilty mm-hmm. that I'm not living in that conviction. So I do, I do agree. I do agree that at the core of it all, it, it's, man, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is, it, Jesus is the king of my life more than the Fortune 500 company that I work for that has gone woke, and it, and- more, than, more than the university that is super liberal, that I, you know, more than my, more than my, this is a real context, Felipe. This is a real context, right? Like there are, a couple, there are several couples that I've married in the last year. Okay. I've officiated their wedding that one side of the family is not, is, is not of the faith. Mm. Right. And so now there's pressure even in family relationships. And they're like, man, we don't know what to do. Like some, like, man, I, I, I don't like, I, I compromise yeah. just to avoid the tension. Right. And I look, 
you and I are, are professional Christians, right? So the response immediately is the savagery of Jesus, yeah. right? Right, like, and when I say the savagery of Jesus, here's what I mean. In the gospels, you'll hear Matthew talk about Jesus saying, uh, him and Jesus inviting someone to come follow him. And they say, well, let me go see about my mother, my father. He's like, who is your mother? Who's your father? Let, well, let me go bury this person that, that I love that just yeah, died. He said, let, let the dead bury, bury the, the dead. dead. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but, but at some point we have to come to terms with either the Bible and the word of God and the, and the biblical worldview has authority in our lives or not. And all of this, all of this is in a personal level. 100%. So like that's between you and the Lord, it's devotion. So at the end of the day, your, your outdoor, your external circumstances, your environments should really have no influence on your personal devotion to 100%. Jesus because you can have that anywhere you want. 100%. You can make time for that. 100%. And to me, the, the relationship between a human being, a child of God and the word of God should be one of like, intimate relationship that's super loud um of intimate relationship so to me i think the best place to put the word of god in like your everyday is the same way that you would have one-on-one -on -one time with with you with your best friend or one-on-one -on -one time right. with your significant other Absolutely. or whatever it's it's it to me that's the most practical way to put it um i think like you said, I think there's multiple tensions in when it comes to the Christian walk, young adults and everything. But I do think there's room, a lot of room in, well, there's a lot of to talk about in the personal, in the personal space, in the devotional space. Yeah. And how, what, to me, we talked about Jesus being Lord. We talked about all that, right? Um, if, if, if the Lord is your Lord, he should get the best fruits of your time. No, absolutely. So the best 100%. time of the day, blah, 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 right? But, but look, all look, that let's, comes let's, from- Go ahead. All that comes from understanding of who he is. Yes. Um, so hopefully this makes sense for, for you and for me. But um, what I'm trying to say is to me, valuing for me when it, in, in multiple people, what it, the love for the, for the word of God comes from seeing Jesus and seeing the Lord, God, the father in, in the right place. Once they're in the right place, then their relationship with their word comes as a default or naturally, because if Jesus is Lord, then I understand what he, that he's my Lord. He tells me what to do. I submit to him. He has a plan. He has a purpose for my life. So I'm keen to, to hear. I'm like, I'm ready to hear it. Right. But when he is not Lord, but he is savior. And when he is helper and when he is this blesser. and that, he's blesser, just blesser, when he is my provider, that's all great. But the Lord wants one thing. He wants to be Lord of your life. And as long to me, as long as he is not in that rightful place, you won't, you will only want to hear certain things. You will pick and choose the word that you read. You will pick and choose the kind of devotional that you do. And you won't really develop a, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because to me, I mean, you and I have talked about this for a long time. To me, that's the biggest tension if in the young adult and young adults that I'm around and people that I get in my, with my, even with my siblings in just conversations is, man, there's a real battle for the Lordship of your life. And sometimes things step into that or you will step into that. And the reason why I say the Lord, you have to see the Lord clearly is that brings me to another, another kind of point. And in, in I want us to talk about it if possible, which is um, what could happen if you are like, what can happen in your Christian walk? If you have compartmentalized knowledge of the scripture, <laughs> 
what I mean by that is yeah. like, what if I'm a, what if I, I'm all New Testament, New Testament believer, and I believe in the, all of that, but then I am oblivious of the Old Testament. Is that good? Is that bad? What's the, what are the repercussions of that? Sure, sure. It's, um, look, I'm going to be careful with, with saying that it's either good or bad. I'll say this though. It's incomplete. I think there we go. Right? Because the point of everything is Christ. The Old Testament speaks of the Christ that was to come. Mm. And so that teaches you the beauty of longing for, the beauty of expectation, the beauty of faithfulness, and, and the beauty of faithfulness, but maybe never, but coming to terms that you may not see the fulfillment of the promise in your lifetime, mm. but it'll be seen through your genealogy. That's a good word. It may not be seen in my current chronology, but it will be seen through my genealogy. Yeah. Right? Um, because, you know, the, the, the father of many, the father of faith, it was prophesied over him, Abraham, right? That in him, you would bless, that he carried in him the blessing for all in his loins. What does that mean? That he carried the genealogy. I know that's super King James, right? But that in, 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 in Abraham and through Abraham's seed, Christ would come, Right? But it took 44 generations. Yeah. For it, for 42, 42, 44, 42, somewhere in there, right? Like, but it just, it, to, to come, but because of Abraham's believing, he lived a life of righteousness so that the promise could be propagated until mm. it came to be fulfilled. So here's my point. My point is when you read the Old Testament through the lenses of the New Testament, see, that's what the New Testament helps you do. The New Testament helps you understand that we're not waiting for a Messiah to come. We're, we're given the story of the, of the Messiah that came yeah. and died for us and brought us redemption and didn't destroy the old covenant. He finished yeah. the old covenant, covenant and established a new one, right? And so to say, oh man, I don't believe, you know, I don't, I don't teach Old Testament. Well, that's kind of naive and, and it's, it's, it's incomplete. It's, um, it's incomplete and it's, it's, it's immature to say right? Because they both speak about Jesus, right? Correct. They both speak about Jesus. So anyways, but I'm not going to knock it. Some people have preferences. For, year, for years when I was a younger preacher, I really appreciated the New Testament because that's where I was in my walk, yeah. right? Um, and what I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to like throw any stones no, or whatever. I no, know, no, 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 no. But what I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to bring clarity to say um, the word of God is the word of God, both sides. 100%. And, and to me, there's so much... Um, insight that comes from understanding the why we needed Jesus. Like maybe, maybe you're like a young adult and you're like, yeah, Jesus paid for my sins. And that's why he died on the cross. And you have a knowledge of that. You, you know what that means. But when you really dive deep into it, the reason why, for example, I'm going to use an example. The reason why Jesus had to come and pay for our sins is because the Lord is a God, the father. He is Perfect, He's just holy. I was literally reading through Jeremiah today, and the Lord tells the people of Israel, "Like you're going to go to Babylon, you're going to be in exile, and don't worry, I will get you out in a few years, but you shall now go unpunished." So the Lord, in His perfect justice, He needs to punish, like us as sinners, right? And if you don't understand that that's actually what we deserve, then Jesus becomes such a like Felipe, we we cheapen we cheapen, we cheapen the salvation what, story. We, we cheapen what Jesus is, and we we minimize 
salvation to an emotional moment at a conference. Exactly. To an emotional moment on a Sunday morning. And we walk away like, oh man, I had the feels. I'm saved now, I think. Right? Because I had an emotional moment. No, you're saved because the son of God denied himself of every divine privilege, stepped off of his throne of glory, came to earth to be born of a virgin, became a humble servant and was obedient. You can read all this in Philippians 2. You, like was obedient and even obedient to the death of a cross, yeah. died a sinner's death. Because right? when God still sees you, he sees your He's, sin. Right. But when he sees Jesus, you're righteous in Christ. Right, he sees the redemption, right? Because you can't have the love of God without the justice yeah. of God. You can't have the grace of God without the truth of God. And this is what John 1.14 says, right? Like, not, I don't know why I say like, that's so weird. John 1.14 says this, we beheld, the word became flesh. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, yeah. full of grace and truth. And so we're like, we'll, we'll say, man, I love the grace of God. Well, first of all, the grace of God is not get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was talking with Pastor Charles about this a couple of weeks ago. And I said, Pastor, I think, I think we've made this miscommunication in the Western church where we say, man, you might've sinned, but God's grace is greater. Actually, no, the mercy of God is greater. Right? Because if, wow. if if you're following Jesus and you mess up, thank you that he's merciful, that he does not give me what I do deserve. Mm-hmm. That's mercy. That's not grace. Grace is not, oh, you know, I don't have an incentive to change. Why? Because God gave me, he, his grace is good. God is so good. Wow. Really? So now, so now he's just an excuse to keep living. Exactly. Right? It's a free pass. Right. So now I'm just as pagan as my pagan friends and I'm just as secular as my secular friends yeah. and I'm just as sinful as my sinful friends, but I'm a Christian and I'm, yeah. been, I'm a new creation. Mm-hmm. How does that work? I don't understand. I'm gonna leave it alone. And when you have that perspective, <laughs> but when you have that perspective, like let's talk about this subject that you're describing, that you talked as, right? You pretend to talk as this subject. This subject... I can't imagine the subject finding a necessity to know more about um, their God and diving into the word and et cetera. Right. And it comes from the, the, the lack of revelation of who the Lord is, who they are, right. and the relationship between them and the Lord is brought together by Jesus. Right. And that in Look, itself- I love, that. I love that we're on this because lordship is connected to authority, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm the Lord, if I'm the King, if I'm the Supreme, I'm the Supreme Ruler, do you know what I'm saying? Okay, if I'm the Supreme Ruler, um, <clears throat> then whatever I say goes, Yeah. right? Um, this is why the book of Hebrews t- talks about the voice of God being so powerful that he calls the things that are not as though they were. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he is, he's the Royal, he's the Monarch. And even if it doesn't make sense because he's the Supreme Authority, what he says, goes. So we like it when, when we say, man, he calls the things that are not as though they were, man, I'm sinful, but he calls me righteous. We love that. Yeah. Right. But you can't have that calling without the same voice that gives commands. Come on. Does that make sense? Exactly. Cause he gives commands too. He doesn't just call. I'm grateful that he looks at a sinful man and says, man, I call you righteous. He sees a, a frail man and he says, I call you powerful. I call you strong. I call you mighty. Right. But at the same time, I can't receive that calling and, I receive and the deny the calling of him saying, come live this way. Yeah. Come walk this way. 
Come and do things my way. This is why I made you strong. This is why I call you righteous. Yeah. This is why I call you holy. That's literally what the grace of God is for. Him calling us righteous and holy is not so that we feel good about ourselves. It's so that we actually hear his voice, believe his word, and by the by the word of his power and the grace that was given to G, through Jesus, we now are empowered to live a more godly yeah. life. We have a responsibility to, to have a response yeah. to that empowerment. Absolutely. Hey gang, I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of our online community with Prime Culture. You know, whether you're in El Paso or you watch us from somewhere else, man, it means so much to know that this content is reaching you wherever you are. Listen, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on our podcast platforms, I'm just so grateful that you're a part of this Prime Culture culture. Hey, I'd love for you to do a couple things for us. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love for you to turn on our notifications, hit the subscription or just the like button. It really just helps us get this content out there. If you're on our podcast platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple podcasts, would you take a moment? It'll take you about three minutes. Okay. Would you leave us a review, a rating, uh, only if it's five stars. Okay. <laughs> but for, seriously, what this does is this is you doing just a little bit to help us get this content out in front of a lot more more people. Now, we're really believing that this is going to help make a difference in young adults' lives, not just in El Paso, but really in the region and in Jesus' name beyond, right? So we're so grateful for you. Why don't you take a moment, listen to some other episodes, watch some other some, some other pieces of content on our channel or on our in previous seasons of the podcast, and we'll catch you on the, the next one. We love you guys.